I'm Mallory King, certified trainer and sports nutritionist and creator of the Fit Life Academy brand. After losing 100 pounds, I became obsessed with helping women finally reach their goals through evidence-backed nutrition and brain-based tools. My life's mission is helping you discover that creating food freedom and falling in love with fitness are the greatest acts of self-care. I'm so glad you're tuning in today, and I know you're ready to say yes to your new life of joy, pleasure, and peace. So let's begin. Hello, fit friends, and welcome to podcast number five, I think. I am so excited because I feel like I start every episode saying I'm so excited, which is a good thing because truly I am very pleased to um, announce that we are officially public. So the first four episodes that I recorded were before I had um, submitted the podcast to be put on Spotify, Apple, all those um, major platforms. So I wanted to make sure that I had a couple to give you guys before the official launch. Now that we are on episode five, we are officially a podcast, a public shareable podcast. It's so surreal. Like being able to log into Spotify. I listen to Spotify every day for music. That's my gym go-to. That's my morning routine go-to. I listen to podcasts on Spotify on walks. And it's so cool to open that every day throughout the day now and see Fit Life Academy in my recent search. It's truly a dream come true. So very excited about that. I am also skipping a workout today to record this episode because I have an hour of quiet in the house. It is officially winter break for Marshall, my oldest, my seven-year-old son. So he is home. Um, the baby is home. Husband is home. And the baby's currently napping. The son is currently playing down the block with a friend. And husband is off doing... Lord knows what. I don't know what he does, but um, perfect time to record a podcast. So the workout will have to wait until later tonight, probably tomorrow morning, which I think is such something that I'm so proud of that I can do and something that I hope that you are capable of doing too is having some flexibility with your your action steps, your strategies, right? Not necessarily the goal. If you truly want something, um, keep that goal. Don't ever let it go. Don't ever give up on it. You can slow down. You can change course, you know, so you can be flexible with your action steps, with what you're doing to get to that goal. And that's something that I think a lot of people struggle with. I see it a lot with my clients who are very hard on themselves for missing a workout or for going to a spontaneous night out with friends and having a couple of drinks. And I think that it's important to focus on what you're doing the majority of the time and make sure that the majority of your decisions are aligned with reaching those goals and that dream of yours. But I think it's incredibly important. I mean, don't we all want to have a life of pleasure, joy, balance, peace, I think being able to be flexible with those action steps. So being able to say, okay, I have my workout scheduled every Monday, Wednesday, Friday afternoon. That's when I go to the gym. That's when I lift, right? The majority of the time, that's what I do. I follow through with those things. But in occasions like this, it's like, okay, you know what? I have an hour to record a podcast and then just relax for a little bit while my baby sleeps. I'm going to take this opportunity. So no guilt, no feeling bad about missing the gym no stressing over it at all. Say, okay, I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow, get it done in the morning. 
And I have the confidence in myself. I know myself well enough to know I'm going to wake up tomorrow and go to the gym. That is confidence right there, following through with the things that you say you're going to do. But again, it doesn't have to be perfect. You have to be able to be a little flexible because life's meant to be enjoyed. We're meant to have fun. And with that tidbit of information, um, we're going to be talking about something a little bit heavier in this episode. And I want to start this episode off by saying that me sharing this experience with you all, me talking about my mental health journey, I am solely recording this episode just to share it, just to be real, just to be raw, transparent. And I'm doing it in hopes that you feel seen, that you feel like, wow, she gets it. She gets me. I'm not alone. Not alone. Other people have experienced what I'm going through or what I've gone through. That's it. And so I wanted to to say that because I want to add this disclaimer that I am not a mental health professional. I am not a licensed counselor or therapist. I am a personal trainer and a sports nutritionist who is simply sharing her story of depression and particularly the postpartum depression that I've been experiencing and recently diagnosed with um, for the past year. So yeah, let's get into it. Um, This is not my first rodeo with depression. But it's been a long, long time. I struggled with depression as a teenager. The first time I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression, or more specifically, they diagnosed me with uh, major anxiety or high anxiety. Actually, I don't remember the specific name, but it was like, you are very anxious and you are depressed. So this was, yeah, I think I was 12 years old. Um, Since the age of 12, I have seen probably over 12, probably a dozen different counselors, therapists, or psychiatrists, like different mental health professionals. And this started from a very chaotic childhood. Um, And again, I'm not going into, I'm not a mental health expert, so I'm not going into like, is it a chemical imbalance or is it an environment? I, it doesn't matter what I believe. What I know to be true is that I had a very chaotic childhood. There was a lot of disability in my childhood. There was a lot of pain, um, abuse, and just, you know, altogether a rough time. (laughs) But um, my depression, I believe, stemmed from those things. It stemmed from my environment, right? It stemmed from modeling what I saw as a child. And I developed this outlook on life and also this way of living that aligned with what I saw for all those years. So anyways, I get diagnosed with depression at 12. And from 12 years old to about 20 years old, I struggled with depression and major anxiety or high anxiety. (laughs) And as I started my health and fitness journey at 21 years old, which I share with you um, the details of that journey, losing 100 pounds, and that's what happened in 2012 through 2013. I share that in episode, I believe, three and four, where we talk about um, how I lost 100 pounds and some unconventional tidbits of information that I learned through that journey. But I struggled with depression up until that point, and it really was getting, starting this fitness journey, getting to a place where I was prioritizing my health and taking better care of myself 
that alleviated a lot of the symptoms that I was experiencing with that depression. I still deeply, greatly struggled with anxiety. And that is a, we could do an episode on anxiety. I have learned so much about anxiety over the last decade. And um, I've learned to befriend my anxiety. And my anxiety has um, been really stable for the last few years. So very grateful for that. Um, But the depression did subside, or so I thought, at the beginning of that health and fitness journey. And the anxiety stayed. I dealt with that over the years. Again, episode for another day. I want to talk about depression in this one. Is that's what's weighing heavy on my heart. That's what I feel called to do. So anxiety for another one. <laughs> but um, I started to really struggle again with depression in my pregnancy with my second, um, with my daughter, Lily. Now looking back with my first pregnancy, which was a long time ago, it was over seven years ago now. My son is seven and a half. Looking back at that pregnancy, I do see signs that I was slipping into my depression. Um, That was, again, a long time ago, so I can't remember particularly, but this past pregnancy was really difficult for me. It started like in the second trimester when I started to feel more limited with what I could do because of being exhausted, being sick, starting to get bigger, so getting like the aches, you know, back pain, feet pain. Oh my God, later into the pregnancy, like when you're like 30 plus weeks, oof, it's hard. It's hard to walk more than 100 feet. It's hard to get out of bed. It was really difficult. And I think that that happening opened my eyes to how I've always known that exercise and fitness have been so influential on my mental health. But God, during that pregnancy, like looking back on that pregnancy and struggling with the ability to move my body, I could really see how exercise and not being able to exercise was impacting me throughout my pregnancy. So I started to feel some side effects of depression throughout the pregnancy, but it became particularly hard to deal with uh, this time last year, about a year ago. So I was about three months postpartum. And I think it's really important to share these aspects, like this timeline, because we know so much, we hear so much about postpartum depression, right? That after having the baby, it's normal to experience the blues. And for some people, it is a prolonged effect. It doesn't go away or it gets worse. It really starts to affect your life. You get diagnosed with postpartum depression. But what a lot of people don't think about is that you can still experience depression in the pregnancy. Yes, you can experience it not long after you deliver, but you can also experience it three months after, six months after, and it can even come up a year after you deliver the baby. So for me, it came up about three months after I delivered. And the other interesting part about it was that it didn't come up for me as what a lot of people think of when they think of depression or especially postpartum depression. I was not getting thoughts of harming myself. I was not getting thoughts of, you know, um, why am I here? I don't deserve to be here. I didn't get thoughts of wanting to die. I didn't get thoughts of harming other people. 
So I think for me, it took so long to recognize that it was depression because I was remembering my experience as an adolescent with depression when I struggled with those thoughts. I struggled with suicidal thoughts and I attempted suicide as well. So having this depression now, it took me an entire year to see what it was. It took me an entire year to recognize and to be diagnosed with depression. Keep in mind, I um, have been on and off, not consistently, but on and off. I've seen my therapist over the past year. I've seen my doctor a few times over the past year. And I was not diagnosed with depression. It was very surprising for me than the most recent visit to go through a depression evaluation after being told by my husband, hey, Mallory, I think that you might be struggling with depression. He said this to me about a month ago, maybe two or three months ago at this point, but he recognized it in me. I didn't see it. My healthcare providers didn't see it. And that's not a slight at them or myself at all. That's me sharing like this realization that you can be struggling with depression and not know it. You can be feeling so stuck and overwhelmed and sad and isolated, but you don't see the signs that it's depression or it could be depression. That's why I share it. It's just, it was so interesting to me that my husband was the one that first identified it. And then going to my healthcare provider and saying, hey, I think I might have depression, them giving me the evaluation. And sure enough, I crossed off almost all the boxes. And that's another thing I want to talk about is there's a lot of different boxes to um, that you could check off for depression. So again, the only boxes that I didn't check off were the ones about suicidal thoughts, harming myself or harming other people. I wasn't having those thoughts. I haven't had those thoughts. However, every other area <laughs> of the questionnaire was checkmark for me. It sucked. It really did. In the moment, I was like, wow, shit fuck what is happening um lack of motivation 100 percent. feeling exhausted and foggy all the time 100 percent. of course those are things that are common with postpartum they're common with having kids and having young kids but i'm pretty damn active i'm pretty damn like at this point i'm getting consistent sleep i'm diligent about my sleep baby sleeping through the night like has been since I don't know, four or five months old. So a long time now, right? Like I'm taking good care of myself. I have a good balance in my life, yet I'm still feeling consistently exhausted and foggy. So this is another thing to keep in mind. If you're in your postpartum journey or a part of your life where you are experiencing, you know, poor sleep for other reasons other than like, you know, obviously your mental health keeping you up. If you're not getting enough sleep because you have a baby, because, you know, the baby wakes up at night or just discomfort from a bad mattress or a physical injury, you know, whatever it is, your husband likes it to be warmer than you like it at night. That's a problem that me and Tom have. But um, if you are seeing like logical reasons for why you can have some of these symptoms like brain fog and being exhausted all the time, it can start to get a little bit murkier of being able to identify, oh, this actually could be the cause of depression, right? Because you're just like, that's just the cause of bad sleep right now. I have a baby. That's just how it is. So I really highly recommend if you do feel like you've been struggling 
If you do feel like it's a possibility, talk to your healthcare provider and do that freaking questionnaire. Hell, you could probably Google like, you know, a depression quiz questionnaire. I want to share that and I want to acknowledge that because I think that, again, for me, I checked off so many boxes, but I didn't see it for so long. And I just want you to be able to be aware. If I can help somebody like recognize like, hey, maybe I have a real problem that like I could get professional help with. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm sharing this experience. So yeah, lack of motivation, brain fog, um, always feeling exhausted. You know, again, for me, even though I'm getting eight hours of like what seems to be restful sleep, I'm always tired. And for lack of motivation, you might think like, well, you're going to the gym, right? Like I am. I'm very consistent in the gym. Keep in mind that the gym for me is not about going because I feel motivated. I exercise because it helps me so much. If I didn't exercise, I know that I would be in a darker place. And that's what I've recognized through my pregnancies is that one of the reasons why I started to struggle so much is that I couldn't freely move my body. I had a lot more limitations with movement and movement is such a big piece of my mental health care strategy. So what that's allowed me to recognize is that I need to diversify, right? Like I need to have other ways of being able to soothe myself or being able to process hard emotions or just being able to recenter myself and reconnect with myself outside of exercise because it really has been the primary way, which, hey, it's healthy, right? For the decade prior, <laughs> I was using food, really. Food, drugs. Yeah, drugs and food. And like, I guess lust um, as my form of trying to feel good about myself. So exercise being the main form of me trying to feel better, definitely not the worst thing that could happen. But I'm just sharing from experience here that in hindsight, I think I just needed some diversity. And that's what I've been working on is finding different ways to soothe myself, comfort myself, and recenter myself. I've been really getting into breath work lately. Um, I've been doing different like trauma release therapies that really teach you how to like be ground, like grounding techniques, different processing techniques, and self-soothing techniques. Because a lot of my anxiety comes from being in this fight or flight response because of the trauma from childhood, right? So yeah, <laughs> woohoo, go trauma. <laughs> um, wow, anyways, so yeah, I can't remember what are the other boxes that were checked. The brain fog, the exhaustion, lack of motivation. Oh, okay, so this was, was a big one for me. Um, kind of just feeling like a loss of myself, of like my identity. So being very lost, really, feeling confused about who I was, feeling unsure about a lot of things. I started getting really indecisive. It was very interesting because it was a huge blow to my self-confidence. I wasn't able to make decisions. I wasn't able to, I didn't feel confident about my decisions, right? So it's so interesting because a lot of you look at me and think like, wow, she's so confident. I love that. And in a lot of ways I am. Like I am very comfortable and confident going on social media and sharing my body and being like, this is my fucking body. Like, hell yeah, dude, <laughs> this is me. I have no issue doing that. Totally confident with that. But yeah, like in terms of, I mean, I'm the CEO of Fit Life Academy. I have to make business decisions, family decisions, personal decisions, like decisions about my future. I was, I felt so stuck. 
I felt so indecisive. I couldn't make a fucking decision. Like I just kept going back and forth being like, I don't know if this is right. Getting really overwhelmed by everything. So yeah, I don't remember exactly the question on the questionnaire that pertained to this, but there were definitely questions that I was like, oh shit, oh my God, that is exactly what I'm struggling with right now. I cannot make fucking decisions and I feel so indecisive and like not this like hopelessness about the future, but like helplessness. That's a, that's the right word. I felt so helpless. Like what the fuck is wrong with me? So that is how my depression manifested over the last year. And there definitely has been, especially in the last mm, three, four months, a lot of sadness, um, feelings of like isolation and loneliness. I think that that started to manifest from the helplessness of just for so long figuring, feeling like I couldn't figure this out. You know, I have a wonderful support system that I was leaning on so much, but like I just was felt so frustrated. Like, what is up with me? Why am I so stuck? I don't get it. And uh, yeah, leaning on people for support and still just feeling that stuckness. So I think starting to feel lonely and isolated stemmed from the helpless feeling. Um, but over the past few months, and I shared this a bit on my Instagram um, and with my Fit Life Academy members, I had some of the childhood trauma that had occurred that I had blocked out. I had it come up for me a few months ago. So um, the last few months have been feeling a lot more sadness. Um, I have cried more in the last few months than I ever have in my entire life, for sure. <laughs> like in the last 10 years, I've cried less than in the last three months, 100% no doubt. And I fully recognize that if we're not crying, we might not be releasing emotions. I fully recognize that that last decade, I was not, I was in this disconnect. I think that I have been disassociating. That's something that my therapist and I have been discussing that I never identified with, I never recognized, never thought I was disassociating. And I, I've heard of it many times. I understand what it is. Never saw that I was doing it until recently when I started to feel so many emotions that I haven't felt in so long. And at first it was really scary. It was really overwhelming. And it caused me a lot of discomfort, a lot of pain, a lot of sadness. But as I've been processing all of these emotions and everything that's been going on, I can see that, holy shit, like these are all things I've kept in for so fucking long, for so long. These are all things that have been stored inside of me. I had to pause because I knocked something over. <laughs> Anyways, so the last few months, yeah, they have been sadness or I've experienced sadness over the last few months, but that wasn't the majority of this journey with depression. The sadness over the last few months is what I think allowed my husband first to see because it was a more normalized, you know, oh, this person might be dealing with depression, sadness, that makes sense. I think that's what allowed my my husband to see it first and then, you know, me and my, my healthcare provider. But since being diagnosed, since digging into my postpartum experience with my doctor um, as well as my therapist, yeah, we've been able to see that this is not new. This isn't just the last few months. This has been occurring since pregnancy, right? On and off since pregnancy. And really, I think this is my opinion, not a mental health care expert, but really I think a, a big thing for me is processing this trauma from my childhood 
or the depression, I think that it was like dormant for a lot of years, right? I was very busy with a lot of things that were very good for me, 100%. Eating healthy, working out, you know, great relationships with friends and, you know, setting boundaries, like all that, so much self, so many self-help books, like so much growth over that time. So it was easy for it to lay dormant. But I think that, um, yeah, when things get difficult in my life, it is easy to spiral because in my subconscious, there are still a lot of beliefs, a lot of programming related to what occurred as a child. And there's trauma to still be unpacked and released from my body. And that's my mind. So anyways, um, that's where I'm at. I have definitely, I've adjusted my prescription. I've been on Lexapro for two and a half years now. And I adjusted my prescription with the help of my doctor. And I am working through new methods of therapy that I'm super excited about. I've always done psychotherapy, find it wonderful. Um, I'm excited to be diving into some new tools, um, trauma release therapy, tactics like hypnosis, tapping, lots of wonderful things that as I continue to go on this journey and learn and uh, see what is working for me personally, I would love to share that with you all. But like I said, if anything, this podcast, I just want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to see that depression can be a lot more or completely different than feeling sad or having thoughts of self-harm or harming others. It can manifest in different ways. And it can be there for a long, long time without you seeing it, especially when you're not having those more normalized symptoms of depression. So if you you are struggling, you know someone who is struggling, um, there are some wonderful resources that I would love to share in the description of this podcast. Particularly, I will share for a postpartum um, depression and mental health service and then also a few just more general uh, resources for you to check out. I love you all very much. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope this was helpful for you, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I can't wait to see you next time.